0: Welcome to The Jury Is Out, a podcast by and for trial lawyers looking for better ways to serve their clients. Your co-hosts are John Simon, founder of the Simon Law Firm, and St. Louis attorney Eric Veith. Hello, everybody. This is John Simon, and I'm here with Eric Veith. And today, we're
1: going to talk about a really interesting topic. About a year ago, you were president of the local bar, and one of your topics was a hypothetical, Life Without Lawyers. And uh, you and I bounced this around before you finished your article and published it. And I think this is one that we both found especially engaging for a number of reasons, one of which is the pushback a lot of people give about lawyers. Lawyers have a bad image in many parts of society. For instance, there's a lot of TV and movie lawyers who are portrayed in an almost despicable way.
0: When I started practicing, and you, you started about the same time that I did, Eric, it was a different environment. I absolutely love telling people I was a trial lawyer. Uh, You'd walk into a courtroom, you got a completely different reception, I think, than you do today. And it's because of all of the demonizing and negative things that you see about lawyers. Some of it is justified, I I, I guess, but in my experience, very little of it. I don't know any other profession as a group that's more engaged in community involvement, uh, more generous in giving of their time, and I'm talking specifically about the lawyers in the St. Louis area, in metropolitan St. Louis. I mean, the things that we have done as a group are uh, are really amazing. And we, we should be proud of our profession. And we are.
1: I'm holding the November, December 2019 edition of the Missouri Bar Journal. He have some statistics there about the numbers of complaints and, and what happens to the complaints against lawyers. I found it interesting. 2018, there were 1,700 complaints of misconduct against lawyers. About one-third of those involved a formal investigation. And then the bottom line, how those panned out, 16 disbarments, 23 suspensions, four lawyers put on probation, and 92 written admonitions. So that would be 135 actions against lawyers out of those complaints in one year. But you got to keep that in perspective. There's 25,000 lawyers in Missouri. So it's 135 out of 25,000. So that's five out of a thousand lawyers were affected by some sort of misconduct that was verified. So that's, that's a very small percentage of lawyers who get into some sort of ethical trouble. Here's the thing.
0: We, we are a society of laws. We always hear the rule of law and the laws do not magically get enforced. People don't say, oh, well, okay, we're going to follow this. There's a reason people follow the rules and respect the rule of law. And that is the consequence. If you don't follow the law, uh, something bad's going to happen to you. You need to follow the law. Without attorneys, you know, there's really no meaningful access to the legal system. There's no recourse or remedy for many wrongs. Your property rights, your individual rights, your freedom of speech, freedom of religion, your gun rights. The bottom line is all the Constitution is is a piece of paper without lawyers to enforce your rights. That, that, that's basically it. Let's take an example. You pay your health insurance premiums on a regular basis, as high as they are, and the time comes that you need to be paid for a particular treatment, cancer treatment, whatever it is, and your insurance company says no, wrongfully refuses
1: to honor their obligation and pay for your medical treatment. What do you do? Who do you call? Without a lawyer, I guess you could write a letter. And uh, I know some folks. I represent a woman right now who wrote, I think, about 30 letters to her health insurance. How'd that go? It's it's about to go into litigation. <laughs> but, so uh, the
0: letters weren't effective, the 30 letters that well, she wrote. right. It, it, yeah.
1: it did nothing. She'd go on social media. It would be the same result because I don't think they care. But, yeah, without a lawsuit, she would be stuck writing, I don't know, another 500 letters or maybe standing in the street handing out pamphlets. What do you do? One of the things, one of the worst experiences
0: I think you can have is being accused of something you didn't do. Have you have you ever had that experience or yeah, that feeling? Yeah. There's nothing worse than that. And think about that. You're accused of something, whether, you know, a crime. It could be a more serious crime, a less serious crime. Where do you turn? What do you do under those circumstances?
1: Every one of these torts that exists, these causes of action, has a story behind it. There were incidents where people were mistreated in various ways, and then people got together or courts looked at the the issue carefully and said, there's got to be a remedy for this. There's something wrong here that we need to address.
0: Let's think about this. You're in a boardroom of a large international financial institution or company, and and they're thinking about doing something that isn't really legal and might be considered fraud or defrauding folks. They're putting out some investment product that's questionable. What do you think is the
1: first thing they're thinking about in terms of why they may not want to do that? The threat of litigation. If you don't have that threat, I mean, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of companies, I think, that would on many occasions do the right thing because it's the right thing. But there's millions of decisions being made every year. So there's a lot of them that need, need that guidance. Or a
0: pharmaceutical company. And they've got a drug, and they haven't quite tested it as they should have. And there's some concerns within the company. But, you know, they want to get it out first. They want to get it out before their competitors get it out, even though they haven't tested it the way they should have tested it and they're sitting around in a room, and if there is no threat of litigation or or no lawyers, do you think that conversation would be different than it would be if, in fact, they're looking at some consequences for doing something illegal,
1: immoral, unethical? Your question provokes another question in my mind. Insulin used to be, what, $29 for a dose. There's no law to prohibit it uh, or to require a market exist on insulin right now. It's just... All of a sudden, raised to what three, four hundred dollars? Same product, with which probably has more efficiencies in production right now. So, if there's no law to cap wrongful conduct in this case, gouging, it happens. So, you're right. What would happen if there were no law, no remedy for issuing drugs that are contaminated, that have side effects? I'm thinking about Viox. I'm sure you could name about twenty others. What would happen if there's no law to encourage companies to make sure that the drug is safe.
0: Or if there was no one to enforce the law and allow people who've been harmed to have access to the courts and they get that access through attorneys. Passing the law is meaningless unless there's a fair mechanism to enforce it and there's access to the courts to allow individuals to enforce
1: their rights. And it's not like you can just walk in and tell a judge what the problem is and then have it resolved. It's, you need to have adequate discovery. You need to have resources to bring the case. So it's it's not easy, even if you do have a lawyer, you need to have the tools to use to uncover the wrong, to discover what's going on, and uh, the stamina to bring the case which can last for two or three years. Let's
0: give a more clear example, I think, and that is the government wants to come and wants to take away your children based on false information. What do you do then? Who do you turn to? Is there anything more important to us than our family, than our children? You want to be able to
1: have access to an attorney to keep what is most important to you. I'm sure you've seen this, where someone who's pro se walks in and tries to do their own work of representing themselves. And sometimes your heart goes out to these people. They do a pretty good job for not being lawyers, but a lot of times they fall flat. They don't know how to push the right buttons to make the right arguments. They don't know how to do the right research. And that is really sad when you see someone out there who probably does have a good defense, who doesn't know how to use it, doesn't know how to find it or use it. What about
0: the government trying to shut down a radio station or shut down a TV station or close a newspaper, things like that? Religious rights, enforcing your religious rights. How does that happen? Does that happen automatically if somebody feels they're they're not being able to practice their religion? We have all of these rights, these wonderful rights, and none of them mean anything unless there are attorneys to enforce the laws and
1: unless there's access to the courts to allow people to do that. I was watching the Pentagon Papers a couple weeks ago. This is an older movie with Meryl Streep. And the Washington Post is trying to publish these important documents showing that the Vietnam War was based on hundreds of lies. And how did it get resolved in the end? In court, the Supreme Court took a case. Both sides were lawyered up heavily. And so it was the government against the newspaper. The only industry mentioned in the entire Constitution, the press, So, yeah, what if there were no lawyers to advocate for those constitutional rights? Let's pull
0: away from the individual rights and and look at our economy, how strong it is. And it's interesting. I've read books, articles talking about why is it in our country, the economy has been so, so like powerful and strong and other countries have the same resources. It isn't natural resources. It isn't necessarily, you know, geographic location. It's the system of laws that we have to protect businesses, to protect ideas, to protect investments, to honor contracts. It's the confidence that businesses and people have to write a check, to invest, to purchase stocks. And that confidence comes from not just the laws, but knowing those laws are actually going to
1: be enforced. If you're a business, why would you make an investment of any sort unless you had confidence that you would be treated fairly under the law? Many businesses do have the resources to hire lawyers, and that's a, that's a big deal, of course. If something goes wrong, they can hire a lawyer. And here in the United States, most lawyers can handle most kinds of cases. So you can probably find a lawyer to represent you, and that lawyer can go in and have access to, for instance, the Uniform Commercial Code or many other laws that can make sure that your investment is actually enforced. It's something that is so ingrained in us, it's hard to imagine it not being this way.
0: We just assume that our rights are going to be enforced. We do. We have complete confidence in investing in a company's stock, investing in the stock market, in mutual funds, because we have a system of rules and laws that are enforced. Another One of the things that we've, we've talked about on this program is the intellectual property rights, patents, trademark, copyright. Those are things also that if there was no basis for enforcing your intellectual property it would it would destroy innovation years of work and you develop, you get some idea and you get it patented, you're protected and you realize that. Why is it that companies and individuals are willing to spend so much in time and resources developing new products if the
1: protections that they're afforded by law weren't enforced? Do you think you'd be able to buy an iPhone if intellectual property rights were not enforced? Absolutely or not. No, it, it wouldn't exist. Happen.
0: But it's not just having laws but having a mechanism for enforcement of those laws. And I think it's critical for our economy. It's why our economy does so well and flourishes because we have good laws and courts and court systems where these laws can be enforced. And I think businesses and individuals get it in our society. If people don't feel like they have a fair shake in the court system, the whole thing comes down.
1: I have some more stats I'm going to offer you in Missouri. There are 25,000 lawyers. That's about one-half of 1% of the citizens of Missouri. There are some states with much more than that. For instance, New York has 1% of their citizens are lawyers. So that's double Missouri. Washington, D.C., I, I, I want to get your guess on this. What percentage of people in Washington, D.C. are lawyers? This includes children. Just 1%? 8% wow <laughs> so you know if you're looking for a lawyer go to washington dc you pick 10 people That's you're going to find a lawyer so there, there are a lot of lawyers in a lot of a lot of places there's not a lot of lawyers in the house and senate of missouri there's only 12 percent the people who write the laws only 12 percent of those are lawyers this year and why do you think that is i don't know i i don't know i know there are some lawyers i know some of them who want to be there and they're they're glad they have their, their background in law. I think it's critically important to write. If you're going to write laws, I think you ought to be at least around a lot of lawyers to make sure that you're being precise in the way you, you write know, the laws and you, you know, don't understand the interpretations of the cases. You,
0: Eric, you mentioned uh, how we just take for granted how our rights will be enforced without even thinking about it. Think of this example that most everybody has been through. You're buying a house and you show up and you take out this loan, and you got your down payment, and you go in and you turn the check over to the title company, and you leave, and you're just hoping things are going to work out. You're going to get good, clear title to the house, and it's the investment of your life, and you're putting all your money into it pretty much, and we just assume that we're going to be protected. We're actually going to get good, clear, clean title to the house and own it. Think about that. I mean,
1: it's pretty amazing. Without the laws and without those who will help you enforce the laws. That piece of paper is just a piece of paper. A lot of what we do is symbolic. We trade words and pieces of paper and we uh, have certain things we say in court and that would all just be stuff without people actually believing in the system where that law means something and where someone comes in and makes it mean something. It's like an invisible web. We're swimming in this invisible web of duties and obligations. And yeah, it gets, it's so pervasive that most of the time we don't think about it. We go into a store like Target, we buy something, we give them a credit card. Little do we know that we probably touched on the lives of 10,000 lawyers who over the years have helped hone these rules, some of whom have sued for violations of the rules, some legislators who have created the, the laws. It's just like this huge invisible web that we take for granted
0: In a broader context, think about fundamentally our system of democracy. Think about that. Your right to vote, access to the ballot, all of those things, our democracy doesn't work unless there are laws and also,
1: more importantly, attorneys to help enforce those. Yeah, What would you do if one of your favorite rights were threatened and there were no lawyers to represent you? So whether it's your right to birth control or you're worried about your access to guns, we're back to the woman I know who wrote 30 letters so far to her insurance company. So what, what happens if a fundamental right is threatened and you're upset and there's nobody to represent you and to actually file a suit or threaten a suit, you're back to letter writing or social media and you might brag, you know, I've got 10,000 Twitter followers and we're all upset. That, that means nothing. That means nothing unless you can go in and enforce those rights.
0: I think one of the most important things that – we as lawyers do, is we level the playing field for those who don't have the resources. We give a voice to the voiceless. I think from a practical standpoint, I mean, here, I've been doing this for a long time, 30-something years, and none of my clients have lobbyists. They're not in the state capitol in Jeff City or in Washington, D.C., getting laws passed that benefit them specifically. We live in a society of laws and rules, the rule of law, and those laws whether you like it or not or believe it or not, I mean, I, I think they're passed mostly by people with influence and money. They get the attention of the people who write the laws. And when something goes wrong and you're representing an individual against a big company, having access to a lawyer is everything. If individuals don't have access to a lawyer to level the playing
1: field and get them into the courtroom, they have no rights. We haven't actually painted the picture of what it would be like to have an entire society without any lawyers, how would things be resolved? Would it be sticks and clubs in the street? Would it be people setting fire to each other's houses? There's something wonderful and almost magical about the ability to call into play well-crafted laws that people have considered to force a conversation in a forum that is respected to get an outcome that people will then generally respect and then move forward. A way to resolve differences without violence, certainly there's not always agreement on on every decision that's made by a court, but generally these decisions are respected, and this all happens because people have a place to go, representatives who are well-trained to hone the issues and to chew through them in court, and we can move on. But without this, it's almost unimaginable what would happen. I think without
0: lawyers to enforce the laws, and hold people accountable, I think you're going to see products being less safe. You're going to see more mistakes and errors occurring in, in hospitals and with doctors. Let's look at that. I mean, in the, in the area of medical malpractice, do you think having lawyers there, uh, being able to bring them into court and file a lawsuit when something has gone wrong or
1: something happened that shouldn't have happened, do you think that makes uh, your visit in the hospital more safe or less safe? You normally are thinking, about, you know, I'm in a hospital, I'm vulnerable, I'm worried, I'm sick, and here comes the doctor and they're they're doing good things for me. But you don't think about that invisible stuff, about the incentive system around it. Yeah. And a lot of that is the threat that if something goes wrong, someone will be held accountable. And you know, the other thing too, Eric, is we're, we've been talking more about the civil
0: end of it, but what about the criminal end? Your chances of getting carjacked, do you think they go up or down if there's actually a prosecutor there to prosecute whoever it was that, that hijacked the car yeah. or, you know, carjacked it. Speeding on the highway. If, if there aren't prosecutors to prosecute speeders or in, you know, people who are driving drunk, if that doesn't exist, if there are no consequences, I think you're going to have a lot
1: more problems than, than we have. I do think about that, that I'm, I'm going 10 miles an hour over the limit and I, and I pull it back a bit. And I, I know, even though I don't think about the fact that there's a prosecutor who is an attorney who will bring a charge i don't think about all the details but i do think it's it's not a good thing to be speeding because there could be a ticket but that ticket doesn't do anything unless there's a lawyer to bring the the charge and you know i i think and again
0: you may not realize it or you may not appreciate being able to have access to an attorney but when you know if and when the time comes in your life that you do need an attorney you know, that attorney is going to be one of the most important people in your
1: life. There's a saying that a lot of people say, we, we don't like lawyers, but we like my lawyer. I like my lawyer. And maybe that's because it's, it's vivid. You can see how important it is firsthand. You get a front row seat to see how important it is that that person is able to do what you cannot do on your own.
0: The most important things in, in most people's lives, I think in all of our lives, our family, our children, our freedoms, our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, our freedom to, to bear arms, all of those things that are so important to us at the very top of the list, none of those exist.
1: None of those can be protected without an attorney. This has been a, a good conversation, John. I really enjoyed talking about this issue. It's important for both of us and for, for all lawyers. We sometimes get attacked unfairly or maligned. And I think it's good to, to revisit this periodically. So that's another episode of The Jury Is Out. Thank you. This is uh, Eric B. And John Simon. We'll see you next time. John and
0: Eric would like to hear from you. They invite you to email your comments and suggestions to comments at thejuryisout.law. To learn more about the dedicated trial lawyers of the Simon Law Firm, visit simonlawpc.com.